You are listening to WIT Vikings, a sport at WIT podcast. Hi, I'm Tom Grinsel, and I'm your host for episode four of the WIT Vikings Sport Podcast. Today we will talk about women in sport and the 2020 campaign. And our panel guests are Phil Healy, current WIT student and Ireland's fastest woman, Lizzie Kent, former Wexford ladies footballer and current Wexford ladies football coach, and Dr. Neve Murphy, a lecturer in the Department of Sports and Exercise Science in WIT. We also caught up with Mary O'Connor, the CEO of the Federation of Irish Sport, who has been a driving force behind the campaign. Uh, Mary dropped by to speak to sports and recreation management students in WIT, and I caught up with Mary to get an insight to the new 2020 Women in Sport campaign. The 2020 campaign is uh, presented by the Federation of Irish Sport and essentially what the 20 by 20 campaign is, is about trying to increase the media coverage of women's sport uh, by 20% by 2020, increase attendance at women's events and games by 20% by 2020 and then also increase participation by 20% by 2020. Participation essentially is not just the playing and the doing, it's also about refereeing, coaching, administration and volunteering as well. So the the very premise of the campaign is we want to try and increase the coverage of women's sport in Ireland to try and ensure that um, young girls and women have role models in all different types of sport and physical activity to ensure that they remain involved in the sport throughout their lifetime. Do you see many barriers to this campaign? Is there... Is there things that will stop it or or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, the campaign is, as of now, um, just a month old and there's loads of challenges um, for women in sport um, already and I think the good thing is that we're aware of them. But we did a quick SWOT analysis of women's sport and physical activity in Ireland and the three key aspects that came back out is that women are underrepresented um, in terms of media coverage, we're underrepresented in terms of attendances at games and events and we're also underrepresented in terms of participation the gradient participation wise in difference to men's is 4.5% um, at the moment um, but the barriers a lot of the time can be just a- apathy uh, people's attitude people want to c- kind of maintain the status quo and um, what we're trying to do with this campaign is trying to create a new norm um, and we, what we have to try and do is uh, maintain the momentum um, since the launch but also make sure that there's content and depth to what we're, what, what we're talking about and also trying to ensure that the, the campaign evolves over time and can bring and highlight to as many people as, as possible the importance of this campaign because there are people involved in women's sport who don't see any difference between that and um, say men's sport and so on but unfortunately there are also um, people that we need to, to convince um, and that's important because we're, we believe that women in sport in Ireland need to be valued, they need to be celebrated and also we need to ensure that from a health and lifestyle point of view that women of all women in all aspects of society have different um, opportunities to participate in sport and physical activity not just for their physical well-being but also for their mental well-being as well so um, it, it kind of goes in well that we've had a fantastic summer of sport for women in sport in Ireland we have a new national sports policy as well yeah. which looks to try and bring uh, change that gradient I spoke about earlier on as well so it's all going well at the moment but there will be challenges ahead and it's about taking each challenge a step at a time and trying to see what we can um, overcome a big thing why do you think we automatically deflect towards men's sport is there any main reason for that 
Yeah, I think a lot of women's sports are in their infancy as well. Like you look at ladies football. Ladies football uh, was only founded in 1974, whereas the GA was founded in 1884. Mm. So I mean, a lot of the sports are are, are growing. They're evolving. They're changing. Um, and obviously, as a consequence of them being in their infancy, the coverage is only emerging as well. And there's a, a lot of sports that you know have legacy and they're maybe indigenous to different countries. But in Ireland, there are niche and emerging sports that maybe uh, only a, a low number of people participate in but internationally they're huge sports they could be sports you could become a world champion in a European champion in you could become an Olympian and that's important to note as well in Ireland we have three dominant field sports which is fantastic and they have a long uh, legacy of sport in Ireland but for a long time women did not have the opportunity to participate in those sports they can now say for instance up until Katie Taylor become, became an, um, as a, a boxer in terms of the Olympics didn't have female boxing either so mm. things are changing albeit slowly but this campaign is what we're trying to do is actually expedite the process trying to accelerate um, people's awareness of different sports in Ireland increase awareness as well that they can, they can all try these sports and become involved in these sports and we want new audiences we want people of all abilities uh, to be involved in sport and look I, I do understand I do take the fact that the easy thing to do is to compare men and women as far as I'm concerned that's apples and oranges stuff it's, it's, it's different what we're saying is that sport is there for women it, should, it needs to be given the opportunity for, those, for women and girls to participate in this sport and not to be comparing one against the other because I just think that's uh, it's unfair and it's, but it's, it's not a level playing field Exactly, and I suppose from being involved with ladies' teams myself, the, the skill level is extremely high and they definitely don't get the recognition that they deserve. But I suppose, I, I'm just looking at your tagline here, if she can't see it, she can't be it. Can you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, we're going to have a couple of taglines throughout the campaign, but the first one being, you can't see it, can't be it. Um, and essentially what that is, is if you look at... Uh, media coverage in Ireland um, today, about 4% of media coverage in Ireland is women's sport. Mm -hmm. So that means that the other 96% is all about male coverage of male sports. So essentially, if a young girl or a woman is looking at the papers or digital media content and so on, they're seeing the coverage of just men's sport. So how are they supposed to be excited or inspired about being being a female um, athlete? So we want to try and, and, and change that. The tagline is about, that's what the, the premise of the campaign is is actually if she can't see it she can't be it on top of actually the media coverage is actually by saying if you bring your daughter or your sister um, to a game and actually see females participating in a game or an individual event and so on that you know, that will inspire them as well and obviously give new audiences new sport or if they actually try the sport or the physical activity so if you can't see it you can't be it so we're actually trying to encourage both men and women to bring uh, females to, to female events to actually let them see what's out there for them and um, another tagline that we're going to have down the line is to show your stripes where people will be pledging what they're going to try and do around the 20 per 20 percent themselves the national governing bodies of sport and the local sports partnerships have all come on board with this campaign and have picked one of the three pillars either media coverage attendance or participation and try and see how 
this campaign can help them achieve their own goals strategically within their own organisations. So ultimately, if she can't see it, she can't be it, is the tagline at the moment. Mm-hmm. The show your stripe zone will come down the line as well. Um, but I, I, I honestly think that there's an opportunity here now for Irish society to actually to change attitudes and to stimulate behavioural change. And that's a responsibility of us all. It's definitely, it's a great campaign and uh, WIT will be getting behind it. We're very, uh, very equal on playing field on men and ladies sports. And I, I just want to thank you for coming in and just having uh, that conversation with us and just filling us in a little bit more on it. Thanks a million, Mary. Thank you. And look, I mean, from my own uh, previous work experience, um, I, I know that WIT have been to the forefront of women in sport and physical activity for for long, many years. And I mean, they'll be a leader in this as well, I'm sure. And I mean, uh, the best of luck to WIT for the for the rest of the season. I'm now joined by our panel of guests. Uh, I have Phil Healy, current WIT student and Ireland's fastest woman. Dr. Neve Murphy, uh, lecturer in the Department of Sports and Exercise Science here in WIT. And Lizzie Kent, a former Wexford ladies footballer, current ladies football coach, and she was also involved with the Wexford youth soccer team. Before we get to the panel, we sent a student around WIT to ask students to name three female sports stars. Uh, Here's our response. Um, So three female sports stars would be Neve Briggs, uh, Jessica Barr and Katie Taylor. Katie, Katie Taylor, Irish boxer. And I have no clue anyone else. Uh, Katie Taylor, uh, Neve Briggs, and uh, Phil Healy is a girl. Um, hmm, let me think. Uh, no, I don't think so, sorry. Um, probably Ireland's female athletes, probably Katie Taylor comes to mind first. But uh, I don't know any other two. <laughs> That's the only one I can kind of think of. Um, Katie Taylor, I guess. Uh, Sonia O'Sullivan and Katrina McKiernan. That's all I know. Uh, her name, her surname is Taylor, but I can't think of her first name. Uh, Katie Taylor. I think that's her name. Katie Taylor. I only know her. I don't know anyone. I'm so sorry. Um. So that that's pretty surprising for me, I suppose. Uh, Neve, I'm just going to start with yourself. What, what's your thoughts on, on just what we've heard there? Yeah, this is pretty shocking, isn't it? To think that um, to think that students wouldn't be able to list uh, a whole range of different female sports stars. Uh, I'm glad that somebody uh, noticed Phil, Phil yeah. who's beside me here. Um, I mean, Phil is, I, I think we should be celebrating Phil uh, way more than we do in WIT because yeah. she is Ireland's fastest woman. She has achieved hugely. And I think it's really, really inspirational when students can identify somebody on their own campus who is 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 excelling in sport. Um, and, I, and I think it's interesting as well that Katie Taylor is the person that people recognised um, because she was in, an Olympian, Olympic gold medalist. But there are so many top-notch sports people and we really have to question why it is that this is happening. And I know this is what this, this podcast is about. I'll pass over to the girls and see what they think. Yeah, I definitely do think it's mad as well because, yes, Katie was the most recognised there. But even if you look at the the summer of success across Irish sports, like no one mentioned the Irish um, hockey team and like they've been all over media coverage. Um, or there was no, like Neil Briggs was mentioned, but there was no other Irish rugby player. But um, mm. I do think it's mad and it definitely comes back to media coverage and uh, people recognise them, recognising the athletes and like the perception that's put out there. 
for women in sport. Exactly. And what do you think, Lizzie? Yeah, I think similar to Phil, I, I found it interesting that there was only one team athlete. All the the individuals that they mentioned were individual athletes, bar Neve. So I suppose that asks an interesting question in my part that obviously with regard to team sport, as in like we're obviously not like I suppose penetrating the message with regard to that. And the second thing is the comment on Katie Taylor I was just just thinking when the girls were, were speaking there, like obviously Katie being an Olympian, but also I would wonder the initial coverage that she's getting now from going pro. She's now had a movie released. Yeah. Is 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 some of that that's contributing to that factor as well? But um, I suppose they're the two kind of key areas that really jumped out for me. Phil, you're you're actually involved in a, a series yourself or a documentary, and uh, we run the world. Yeah, so f- um, it's documenting five um, girls across five different sports. There's two GA players, a hockey player, um, a cyclist and myself. And it's great to see, like it's going to be out in the next week or two because uh, RT is relaunching the whole player today. So it's going to be across RT player. But like, it's a great insight into women in sport, the sacrifices that we make, the challenges. And like, they came and recorded over um, various few days across the summer. And But like, even say for the hockey player, they started recording before their success over the summer. So like, it's we probably wouldn't have known who this hockey player was mm. um, before um, their success over the summer. So like even the other girls, I didn't know who any of them were before I met them as part of the series. So it's a great um, insight for everyone else to, to see the demands of their individual sports and um, their team sports as well. And across the range of sports are, are part of the programme. So um, no, it's definitely a great move for Irish sport and um, particular that it's just the women. Um, because speaking to the director, I was like, would you ever think of doing it um, for men in sport? And he was like, if he picked five different um, sports people, the chances are that we know who they are already. So yeah. um, it's, um, it's just great to get their profile out there and to see it across five different sports. A big thing, just from speaking to Mary, she said she doesn't want to compare males and females in sport. Is that what's happening too much at the minute? Are we comparing? How do we stop comparing and just recognise them for what they are? Yeah, I think I suppose, Tom, like I find that that approach quite refreshing because it's very similar to um, if you compare a book and a movie, like they're Mm. separate entities. So take them as separate entities. Um, And I suppose the the second part that's really struck me over the last uh, the last while is the the women's game. And I I suppose I talk about game, but but the women's sport, it's in its infancy. So we're at the early stages where maybe the men's have have uh, a much wider history uh, they've built that up over a number of years so I suppose yeah because they're the same things and I suppose Phil might maybe come in on this we had a good discussion prior to here in relation to athletics but like GAA ladies football camogie they are different sports as in they come under the same umbrella but they're they're run differently so I suppose that probably is a cultural change and I suppose it's how we talk about it's the language we use around it and rather than comparing like with like that if we can actually and I think this campaign will assist that if we can look at them as different entities, I think yeah. that is that is the key, and that'll be the the big challenge. But I think that's the key, as in, and I suppose as well. If you think there was a time, I have nieces at home, and and initially, I suppose their thing, but but that's a boys thing. But but, but it need, we need to get out of that mentality and that that mindset, so that these are our sports and it's our game, or it's you know. So I think that's a little bit of how we have to do it. 
Phil had a very interesting point just in relation to the athletic side of it because obviously yeah. the team sport side of it is slightly different. But I- Yeah, so when we come to an athletics competition, men and women are competing at the same time. So we never have a day where it's just women or it's just men. So there's a lot more equality around it because any spectators that are there to see it are there to see the men and women and um, everyone is treated the exact same. Or, um, But just the sport in general, say different things like say the support of it say when it comes to funding it's treated equally compared to like different sports mm. obviously get different funding um, but like I haven't had an issue personally do you know like with the the attendance at an event because it's where they're equal together um, whether we go whether we're competing in Ireland or it's abroad internationally like it's just the one spectrum and it's treated the same And yeah. do you feel Phil and Neve, you might just want to get in on this a little bit as well the it, does that help have having one governing body? Um, so Athletics Ireland, all females and male athletes fall in under that category. It's not like, say, just for instance, in, in the GA, you have your, your GA, you have Camogie, you have ladies football. I know they're all different sports, but does it help when, when you have one governing body kind of looking after females and males? Um, well, definitely the participation levels are different, say, to GA to athletics, so it may become more complicated, say, when the numbers are higher in GA if it was just one governing body. But, like, yes, it does make it more seamless because you have the the one organisation looking after the whole thing and they can lead from the top that um, there is the equality. But Yeah, I think it, this is quite a deep-rooted thing. I think if we, yeah. if we look at participation levels across the board, if we look mm-hmm. at, say, physical activity participation, never mind elite sport just, just for now, females participate less um, than, than males in, in sort of elite sports. So yeah. it goes way back. So I think what we need to do here, really, I think we need to make sure that the base is widened for females participating in sport. And that has to happen at a very early age in in primary school so that every kid learns to love physical activity Mm. gets an opportunity to participate in sport and there was a really interesting project done by a group of students in Loretto and Kilkenny last year called Stay in the Game and they surveyed every single transition year student in the whole town Uh, And they also went with first years in the whole town. And already at first year level, and especially at transition year level, the girls had already dropped out or or had dropped out from even from first year. Um, So they they weren't participating in anything like the same numbers as the boys. So it's it's something that's deep rooted, not just in Ireland, but worldwide. So we need to really think carefully about this. So we need to increase the the numbers of girls getting the same opportunities as boys to participate, which will, when we have a wider base, we'll have more people uh, excelling in sport and then we will have you know a, a genuinely quality I think across the board. Why do you think Neve, that they're not getting involved from the start? Why are they why are we having to kind of push out a campaign to try and promote this? Why are we missing a trick along the way? Is there? I don't think there's any one simple fix because if there yeah. was, I mean, the, every country in the world has identified this. But there are some sports that are doing a really, really good job. So netball in um, Australia are doing a really, really good job and that mm-hmm. hockey in the UK. So there's a few things that are unique possibly to, to girls. So around the age of 12 and 13, it's a tough time for, for girls, especially they're starting yeah. to develop and um, it, can be, it, it can be a self-conscious time. And often that competitive uh, 
environment that's set is, is just not what girls sometimes want at that time. So to have other options where it's fun, where they're with their friends, where they're not being criticised. There's a lot of things that we know that will help mm. with, with um, keeping people involved uh, at, at those times. That's one thing we can do. Good physical education in schools, um, good facilities outside just so that people can be active, you know, decent yeah. environments, all of those kinds of things I think really matter. And Lizzie, do you want to just get in on that as well? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a brilliant point. And there was um there was a phrase that 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 Mary would have used in her in her presentation last week. And I think maybe this is the trick that we're missing. That are we trying to maybe target uh, sports like we targeted at boys? But I think this phrase really kind of sums it up. Uh, men have to play well to fit in. Um, girls have to fit in to play well, and it ties back into that element of con- it's it's the reason why they play. And sometimes that trick, I think that's one of the tricks that are are being missed. That I suppose, like it's confidence, it's to be around friends, it's to it's to feel better about themselves. And I think the big thing for me being involved in a coaching side of it, the big difference I see between male and female is the confidence side of it. So girls instantly think that they're not good enough. That that would be the one thing that screams at me all the time. So their initial thing would be to criticise as opposed to praise. So that's where I think the environment that we create and I suppose how we deliver that is hugely important. So it just, it really struck me when Neve was speaking and there now. And female coaches are so, so important. Yeah. You know, there, there, there are way fewer female coaches than there are male coaches. Um, maybe there's reasons for that too. Yeah. But female coaches are so important as role models as well as female athletes. And how do we get females to to give something back to their their sports that they would have played and loved? How how can we do it, I suppose, as a society in whole? What's what's your thoughts on that? How how can we push people back into to getting involved, getting people more active and bringing female recognition back in sport or bringing it, bringing it up to where it should be. Yeah, I suppose there's there's a couple of factors. This is a conversation that comes up quite a lot. Why don't women go back into the game? And there's a couple of different factors in it in relation to when they finish playing, there's the, the element where maybe they go and they have families and they come back into the game when their own kids get involved. But there's a secondary factor and it comes back to, I think, again, it's a confidence element. So, as in, you often come across female people who are involved in, in, as coaches, as helpers, and, and you nearly come with the, well, I don't know, I, I, I would wouldn't be able to do that. Whereas, in fact, they often have as much knowledge. But again, it comes back to the, the confidence side of it. And I mm. think that's, I suppose, there's, there's two, you kind of have to take it in a couple of different parts. Again, there's not a kind of a one cap fits all. I do think you have to bear in mind, too, that as players finish playing, that if they're maybe graduating to having kids and different elements like that, that is a factor because yeah. their lives have taken a different path. But I think it's those who maybe have that time element is in how do we get them involved? How do we create? an environment. I think there's a lot of work being done by the FAI, I think by the, I, I'm just speaking from the organisations that I'm aware of, by the, the ladies football, by the camogie to try and, I suppose, harness that element of it. I know the ladies football association are running a, a level one for their players that are um, ex-players or, or current players to get their coaching qualifications up and it's maybe, I know the FAI are running female only um, courses to mm. try and encourage that side of it. So it's I suppose it's again as in how you're pitching it it's as in who you're pitching it at and I suppose I, I keep coming back to the confidence element can we give the confidence which in turn will give the knowledge which in turn will I- increase those numbers as well Just going to 
uh, go back to Mary just for a second. From speaking to her last week, she she just brought up the point on the the Irish rugby game, I suppose, and she said Ireland versus New Zealand. It's known worldwide. Ireland were playing USA the following day. I don't think anybody knew about it in 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 ladies rugby. This campaign is obviously there to to boost media coverage by twenty percent, but this this is just a, a small kind of example. How how can we help it more every day rather than having to rely on new campaigns all the time? What what's the? I think the media is the big driver of the whole thing because yeah. like it's obviously the perception that the media put out of. Irish male rugby players in general like yeah. um, not just for this game but like they have a higher profile than the, the women do so I definitely think it does come back to the media coverage mm. and the perceptions that they're generating for um, And I suppose the media will say well it comes from success and the men mm. have enjoyed great success so back again to success what breeds success well a broader base more people involved um, you know that breed success. So that's, that's a long term strategy, yeah. getting more of our young girls, young women taking up sport, sticking with sport through their teenage years where there's huge drop off um, and, and moving onwards and, and moving in maybe to coaching and other things. Mm. So it is about a broader base. I mean, I, I, it was interesting because I used to run a lot and I was running at the same time as Sonia O'Sullivan and Katrina McKernan and you know, they were the, the big sports stars at the time, you know, the, mm. the, the, and everybody knew their name and it was it was a great time. I hadn't realised it. It was a great time. But also at that time, um that I remember running a race and my husband and I my current husband he wasn't my husband then but <laughs> we we ran a, a race in Belfast a 10k um, and in terms of standards it would have been similar and he got a, a prize which was you know worth about 400 three or 400 pounds at that time and I got a hairdryer um, and I, I chose not to take that hairdryer and to, to make a point to say thanks but no thanks yeah. and it got taken up by the media so things are so much better now at least at least in terms of, of prizes and and, uh, recognition from that point of view, yeah. um, things are are, are are more equal, which is, is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, but then things have moved backwards in other levels, you know, yeah. um, in terms of media coverage and so on compared to those days. That that was a really good example. And how have we seen improvements already? Like there has been great improvements, um, but you might just touch on the improvements in your various sports. So we'll start with Lizzie and on the football soccer side of things? Yeah, I suppose for me initially when I first, um, I suppose, saw parity is what I would call it. And I suppose that's the thing. I, I'd like to see it as a position where we're not talking about great wins as in the only female referee in the rugby games with the likes of Joy Neville, that it just becomes the standard, that we're not talking about, oh, wow, look at the amazing crowd at the ladies football All-Ireland, that it starts to become the standard and it starts to become the norm. I suppose my first, where I first really felt it was when I actually came here to WIT in probably 2001. Um, it was the first time that I saw real parity regards GA wise so if like whatever the the male teams did here the female teams did as well whatever the male teams got we got so we were the norm and th that was I suppose the start of it in relation to over the last number of years I suppose obviously like the ladies football is a great uh, barometer of it in the sense of the numbers that they've been growing um, towards their All-Ireland finals over the last number of years um, the women's soccer the introduction of the women's national league and bearing in mind that's only now back in existence for about eight years mm. so again it's very young but huge improvements in relation to the facilities that they're using and um, the 
I suppose the care that's been taken of the players, the value of coaching and, and I suppose it's, it's something that I'd al- always like to touch on as well. We talk about getting more females coaching and, and that's obviously hugely important but I would hate for it to take away from and sometimes the conversation moves away towards where well we need more females so we forget about the males who are doing a fantastic job in our game and who without all these people involved the game wouldn't be growing as it is so I suppose it's, it's just to give it a, a bit of balance in context as well but yeah I would see huge improvement in facilities huge improvement in uh, like services things like food after training physio facilities like there was a time where you mightn't see a physio from one game to the next you, mm. you know so it's a standard the standards are improving massively being driven by the organisations being driven by the individuals involved and obviously being driven by the players which is the most important people in the in the whole area of it. Phil, just to touch on the athletic side of things. Yeah, um, similar to what Lizzie said, um, the services, they're obviously growing and growing um, to help and support the athletes because that's what the athlete needs um, to get the success and it definitely comes back to coaching as well and like mm. I just see from Shane, my own coach, like you have to reach out to different coaches and you have to constantly learn because like if you're not going to reach out, like definitely in Ireland, it's more of an ego thing and they think that they know it all. But like, mm. like Shane is always in contact with coaches um, across the world. And you go to international competitions and you're networking the whole time and they may have a certain nugget of information and you can help them. So like you just have to work together and like that breeds a success as well because you are obviously building your knowledge base and finding out what works and what doesn't work and um, just um, getting the thoughts of different people. But um like the organisation is leading that way and they're putting more coaching structures in place um, to help the help various coaches and to um, encourage new coaches mm. into the sport um, and to have the the education there for them that it isn't a daunting experience. But um, and participation wise, like athletics is being recognised um, more and more. And that comes back to media coverage, as I touched on earlier and like I was speaking recently at a Swim Ireland um, event inspiring girls in sport and like it comes back to participation with the confidence and body image was the main thing that um, was affecting the girls in participation. But like that's an area that we need to make the girls feel comfortable and um, whether that's the coach's role or um, just like it comes back to social media as well and there's an awful lot of pressure because say like when we're competing you have photographers there and the chances are the photographer always puts up one of the worst images um, (laughs) of the selection of photos that he's taken and like that's across the media then and like I even see myself I'm like God I don't want that picture out um, in media coverage but it is there and um, I ignore it but like um, and don't let it get to me but like there is other athletes that that does affect um, so that's where an area where the media do need to support the athlete as well and put the best image forward for the athlete. Yeah. Neve, would you just like to add anything before we finish up? Yeah, I, th- I think the girls have, have covered a lot of this um, and there have been big improvements, no question about it. We've gotten better at promoting our individual sports. Athletics, which is Phil's sport and, and my sport, I coach a, a group of athletes who are all age 15 to uh, 20, boys and girls. Um, but, you know, it's, an, it's an, a minority sport at the best of times. Yeah. Um, and we could do a lot better. You know, I mean, I, I just come back from the States and I just, my daughter is running over there. But the way that they promote 
female athletics over there is something to behold. It is fantastic. Mm. It really is. I've come home really feeling that we could do so much better. And I'm just going to come back to what I started with, really. And I'm sitting, as I said, beside beside Phil here. Yeah. Um, I, I think mentoring is really, really important. And I just remember one of my daughters going to school one time dressed up as Joanne Cuddy because, you know, she had to go as, as a hero. And she went as Joanne Cuddy, who's a, a, a 400 metre runner from Kilkenny. Um, I'm sure Phil knows. But uh, you know, I, I just thought that was brilliant that she dressed up as her. So, I mean, I just know that Phil would inspire any other young girl as well. So, yeah. you know, I think I think we really need to capitalise and try and, and I know Phil would be, is already willing to give of her time and does all the time. But, you know, I, we, we really should be mentoring and celebrating the great sports people that we have. Yeah, 100%. I just want to finish up by just thanking our guests, uh, Phil, Neve, and Lizzie. Um, you can show your support for this campaign uh, simply by by hashtagging on any media post or that hashtag show your stripes and hashtag can't see can't be I'd just like to thank our guests for coming in today lots of food for thought around the topic and that's a wrap for episode 4 I've been Tom and this podcast is brought to you by WIT Novus thanks for listening I'm now joined by our panel of guests uh, we have Current WIT student Phil Healy, Ireland's fastest woman. I'll start again. <laughs> I love it. Go for it. <laughs>